0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
3: Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm Davy Michael, your host and editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss the unbeaten run goes on, Mr. Phil Shaw, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome back. Hello, sir. How you doing? Hello. I'm just looking down the the back of the sofa to see if there's a, an extra hundred quid uh, that I'll need now to put towards my season ticket to make up for this 15% uh, Hike. I'm deciding which, which of my kidneys to sell. Uh, we are referring to the 15% uh, price hike. On top of the already yeah, one we people, had this year. Uh, I mean, they had like 47%, 45%. Some people would have had 200 if I didn't pull out my calculator. After a presentation from uh, Villa and point out the compound interest has probably taken it to headline figure increases that wouldn't be very bad PR. You know, Villa, increase season tickets by 215 percent and this, they said they kept it at 50 percent last time and then only to finish 11th <laughs> and then here we are wherever you have a club announced it in february there was lots of you know statements saying oh we understand the current uh climate, economic climate cost of living crisis but also we have increased costs so we're raising our season ticket rates by four percent some clubs five uh, percent of our clubs manchester united raised theirs for the first time in 11 seasons so that was you know they're covering inflation uh, essentially but Villa at that time just held court because they saw you know we were 11th in the league and our season tickets are around mid-table in terms of the Premier League in terms of cost levels and so they they didn't want to go then and we just lost three games in that period if I'm not mistaken so they waited uh once there was a bit more positive progress and they've they've rode it out haven't they and when That final whistle went on. Newcastle, I thought, they're going to release the season ticket. And anything else they're trying to get through will come out this week. Suddenly, there was a uh, fan advisory board meeting scheduled instantly. On Monday, they announced it for Thursday. I was out of the country in Dublin at the time. So I was like, well, great, if you gave us some heads up, I could have reworked something. So I attended it virtually. But you just knew the timing of this straight after on the back of the Newcastle game, there was going to be a juicy price hike here. And there was 15%. This advisory Board meeting. There's a lot of stuff that came out of it. We'll touch on some. We'll include it in the Villa News. But I will do a extra podcast for my members to go into it in uh, greater detail. If you remember, st- stay tuned for that. Right
0: you guys good i'm not too bad thank you it's a shame to miss the uh the wonders of last
3: week but never mind chris life goes to every game apart from the one that he missed which happened to be the best game for like over over a decade (laughs) of a a generation (laughs) the like we may never see again but anyway phil all good in your hood
4: yes all good We've got rid of all the ex-American presidents, ex-Prime Ministers and all that invaded our country for a week. For photo them all home again. Yeah. Is the, is, the,
0: is the terror level
3: back down to normal again? Yeah. <laughs> we'll just call it normal, yeah. <laughs> right, it's time for some news. We could talk about Wrexham coming back into uh, the Football League. wonder how much our season tickets will go up. <laughs> but everybody's talking about that, so let's have some Villa news. Like Martinez suffered what I had about of day before I was due out to go to Dublin, it kind of wiped me out for like 24 hours, and it wiped uh, Martinez out for 45 minutes. Do you think he pooed his pants on the pitch? I
0: think he <laughs> ran to the toilet, <laughs> held on for dear life.
3: <laughs> it's a complete aside, but I once <laughs> interviewed a uh, kind of a big f- uh, French director at a film festival called uh, Francois Uzon, and he kept excusing himself. After five minutes of the interview, he excused himself, uh, went to the bathroom. He thought, yeah, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. And then after like eight minutes, like three minutes later, he said, oh, excuse me, why? He went off again. And then again, uh, and then... He got to the end of the interview, and then he cancelled all his interviews, and apparently he had food poisoning, diarrhoea. He was like, like after that first interview with me and a couple of other people, he he kind of pulled it, but it was very funny. Anyway, carrying on, we are digressing too much at the moment. Martinez, hopefully, I mean, we're speculating here, but hopefully he'll be back for Fulham. I'm on my prayer mat at the moment, um, trying to make sure, because I can't see... you go into that game against Fulham, you're thinking, with Martinez, yeah, the, the Brentford point is a good one if you beat Fulham. And then you if Olsen's turning up in the sticks, you're going, oh, God, this could go any which way. In terms of injury news, don't expect to see Kamara, Cash, Coutinho, Bailey. We're going to have to come up with a name for those guys uh, soon. They look like they're out. We thought we might see them this week in training, but uh, at least one of Mm. one or two of them. But didn't seem to be any sign. And the update was really vague and no details, was it, from the club in terms of that pre-Brentford press conference.
0: Yeah, so in, in missing that one, you'd think, well, you know, three, four days later against Fulham, you surely ain't going to play them. So that's another game without them, and maybe have them back at Old Trafford, who knows?
3: If not, it's. I can't see them for... playing the next weekend coming up. Sorry.
0: I don't. Even, you don't even need all of them, do you? Just you, you. You could really do with having Kamara and Cash back. You can do without Coutinho and Bailey for now. I wouldn't mind one me. of
3: those attacking options back. Mm.
0: But Just ultimately, ultimately we
3: had seven games in April. That's where we needed the squad depth and that's going to yeah. pass us by and uh, you know fair play to the guys that have galvanized and uh, got the results we yep. mentioned the price increase that was announced at the fan advisory board meeting i don't know about fan advisory i thought you meant to discuss things this was more a presentation a presentation on the holtz development which should be in play come august where two levels to the holtz Upper Holt, the bottom one, the entrance level essentially is. There's going to be a bolt on charge, I think, to get access to that. But you will have. Allegedly, a better food offering—you know, better bars. I've seen a video walkthrough of it. I think you might be seeing what I've seen this coming week uh, because they will be doing season ticket renewals, so it should be included in in the comms for that. So uh, they'll also be utilizing the outside terrace where uh, smokers go at half time. Obviously, if you're a smoker, probably that was your last chance of doing that. And that there's going to be tables out there, which actually be a decent enough spot, uh, I think especially in the summer It's
0: just what you want isn't it on a Tuesday night Did in January it.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure there'll be
3: paleo heaters it'll be alright Oh that's the
0: that's what you want isn't
3: it I, I was there
0: virtually but uh,
3: nobody asked them uh, or got an estimate of how much that bolt-on charge would be which will be the deal breaker I mean Chris as you mentioned I think it was in uh, something for the weekend which we didn't actually put out but we put out to uh, members is they tried to do that in the Stretford end at Manchester United and they uh reneged on it didn't they
0: yeah the fans have just sort of said get rid of it the club have obviously yeah, you know, they've got a shitload of uh corporate at man united in other areas this is not what our home end is about
3: that's the interesting thing with the villa thing because it's all about data now it's what the upsell can be there's no consideration for football tradition traditions of the club in terms of from a supporter point of view there's no real consultation on that there's a survey but the survey is all about upsell and uh, what do you want there's, there's no mentions of should there be areas you know for uh, creating atmosphere or you know anything like that in that conversation well the things that
0: people really want you know if the club are going to spend X amount of money the fans would probably rather it was spent elsewhere but they just don't ask because they're not interested to, two to things ask.
3: you want an upgrade of facilities because it's, it's you know it's prehistoric almost or medieval uh, maybe prehistoric's a bit harsh medieval uh- <laughs> In most of the concourses at Villa Park, so you're paying increasingly top dollar for your ticket, and uh, that's all well and good to get you in, but you know then it's you know it's kind of substandard. The North Stand rebuild's not going to happen uh, this summer, so there'll be at least another season of. The old North Stand—that is prehistoric. Obviously, it's going to be done for the euros if the UK and Ireland get the euros. I think it's Turkey is the other another bid. I mean, considering uh, the UK had the euros 1996. Well, actually. Even though it doesn't seem that long ago in my lifetime, it's uh, it's, a, it's a couple of decades, but Turkey have never had it, and Turkey's such a mad football country that it'd be quite fun going there for a tournament. And they've got a lot of new stadiums, if you think about it. All the, the major sort of Istanbul teams yeah. have all had new grounds built. We'll see what happens there. The inflation oh, in, yeah. in terms of the construction industry is high, so it's worth that wait of a year to see uh, what happens. But yeah, it's one of those where, uh, I mean, that's why they're obviously focusing, they've they've said, right, okay, that's going to be put on the back burner for a year, so let's sort out the whole, because obviously you don't want one gleaming stand and the rest of your, your other three stands are, you know, way behind because there's a bit of an imbalance So at least you know the lower halt's got some cashless facilities, and uh, the upper halt will get a bit of an upgrade as well on a base level. Perslow was uh, saying that Villa are way below in terms of percentage of hospitality. Uh, I think the you kind of want about I think it's ten percent they kind of aim for, and uh, I think they've got like three thousand
0: yeah it's general admission plus isn't it it's having Villa haven't got all the different layers to it you know when you go somewhere like Tottenham you've got like super duper exclusive boardroom level hospitality at silly prices right down to sort of I think the, the entry level is about 80 quid isn't it I think for very casual match day hospitality
3: with a padded seat so then they're they hoping that this GA that. plus will ha- you know that, that helps to contribute to that hospitality uh, and they want to get it over 10% so that's how they look you know it's how they look at these things it's the reality it is a, it is a business it's a entertainment business and hospitality plays a big part in that another s- snippet is uh, there will be a european friendly the week before the season kicks off uh, obviously after the american tour against a big european team I-, I don't know who that hasn't been disclosed but it should be announced uh, fairly soon personally uh, did say to the the communications seem to get that out soonish, So obviously people can plan for that. But it seems that Emery wants a a proper test before uh, the season kicks off. So it'll be interesting to see who that uh, turns out to be. It's surely going to be Spanish, isn't it? You would think. Mm. It could be a return game against Villarreal. I'd prefer something like Ajax or something. But uh, we shall see. But overall from this meeting, the upshot is this summer... We are going bold, and there's going to be players bought on on the more, let's say, on the upper echelons, you would imagine, from the way Purslow was talking. He said we couldn't, we wouldn't be able to go as bold as we intend to do uh, like two years ago, two seasons ago, three seasons ago. But now we're in the position with a, a A top tier manager in it was time to flick the switch get the top tier manager in obviously they're not cheap they've paid uh, a lot more uh, than any other manager they've had to get emery in and now they're going to roll the dice and go for it so it'll be interesting to see how that manifests itself and where we go from here because the five-year goal was to be the best of the rest outside this this sky six and then the big question is how do you break into that and who knows if we finished sixth this season we'd have broken into it and got it one foot in there so we shall see how that goes uh, going forward. Elsewhere, under 21's last lost 4-3 to Nottingham Forest despite leading three times in the last regular match of the season which means they have to wait on West Brom and Norwich results to see if they make the playoffs. Before we go on, I just want to uh, give a shout out to the sponsors of the show. NordVPN VPN if you want to protect your privacy and security online and also when you're streaming, then NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there. I've been using it for three years now and took advantage of a kind of a similar offer to uh, the exclusive offer they've given uh, My Old Man Said where you get over 60% off plus four extra months free. With NordVPN, you, you can use it on six devices so you can actually share it amongst family and, and friends. Works at a price of uh, a coffee a month But the potential of what you can use it for, and I do suggest going for a long term deal on a VPN because as you know, me and Phil have done, you pay for it up front and then forget about it. In my experience, one of the most vital subscriptions because ultimately it allows you to save and also helps you, you know, when booking travel, because your IP address is disguised or changed, you can take advantage of beating various flight companies and train companies that track your cookies and you search and the next time you visit looking for the same trip, they up the price automatically. It's like a Swiss army knife to help privacy on your online activity and also your access as well. If you're in the market for a VPN or you want more details on what it actually does, uh, please do go to www.nordvpn.com stroke moms, M-O-M-S, and Nord is N-O-R-D. And I'll put the link in the show note description as well thank you very much right let's move on three points point number one howard webb's var squad is there another name for this pgmol chief howard webb is creating a team of var specialists to cut down on the number of errors in its application so more human error on top of more human error is this what this is all about phil it is he's bringing ones in that will only do var they won't be on field referees as well so even more detached from and this is going to really speed up the process isn't it phil (laughs) Uh, it's a a shambles they need to really sort this out in this summer and I mean really sort it out I'm going to ask the uh, football supporters association what is the state of play here because you know they've got a task team that meets with uh, PGMOL, and this is something that I Put forward as a motion in their general meeting. There needs to be regular supporter input on this because we're the ones who are celebrating goals, and then the players get to the halfway line, and as soon as the VAR check, it's like, why could not that VAR check happen as soon as the ball hits the net? You don't mind when your team scores and you, and half the crowd can see the the offside flag, but now they, they keep the offside flag down, and you know, as we saw in the Villa Brentford game, a couple of players were down injured because they let that an obvious offside play on. So we shall see. Of course to try and make themselves look better they said that they released official figures as
4: well saying that and well I, I don't know about official figures they say that fewer mistakes have been made in VAR since the the World Cup, so a third fewer. Um, So they're trying to say that incorrect interventions are down from occurring every 24.3 games to 37.5 games. And missed interventions are down from 21.4 to 12.2. Just on the missed interventions, you have about a million cameras in every Premier League game. You shouldn't be
3: any missed interventions. It's inexcusable, is Yes, you follow the ball. Right, moving on. Football agents are saying the new exam is too hard. A set of new regulations <laughs> came in due, due to come in force in October. Will cap agent earnings at three percent. How much did Villa spend? It was insane amount, wasn't it? Is it like fifteen million or something? Yeah, just in the last uh, season. And and uh, I, I mean, I'll, I can rant about this all day. It's a bigger picture thing. But so, what's
4: what's their problem uh, with it being too hard? Uh, they're saying the questions are based around regulations as opposed to how the actual job is performed. This is despite of like a document being made available to them by FIFA, which is 500-odd pages long, saying FIFA football agent exam study materials. So they basically get the answers. Yeah. They just have to read them. I mean, I don't. there was no problem with it. I mean, Chris and I passed ours first
3: go.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been looking <laughs> after Emmy really well, haven't we? <laughs>
3: are you a bit pissed off they've cut your fees down to 3% now?
0: Nah, <laughs> yeah. we, we make it up elsewhere, David. You know this.
4: Mm, we need to make it up to 15%. Uh, Point
3: number three: A humanoid robot called Artemis is being designed to play football. (laughs) Artemis stands for advanced robotic technology for enhanced mobility and improved stability. It can maintain balance between heavy kicks and shoves with stand objects being thrown at it, and is capable of running and kicking a ball. Sounds like John McGinn.
4: Well, I was going to say that's already better than Robin (laughs) Olsen. Is it? Is it made from the remains of uh, Henry Lansbury?
3: <laughs> this has been designed by the University of California. I can see how this pans out past our lifespans. Probably, you know, there'll be movements for inclusion, and robots should be able to play in the Premier League. And it's uh, it's not inclusive if they can't. And there'll be like robot right. Now, can you can you imagine the first Premier League player to come out as being a robot? <laughs> Well, Alan Britton is one. He should, should have outed himself a long time ago. <laughs> if
4: you look at Dean, carries on
0: getting injured like this, he'll be the next. He's got metal plates all over him. As he's he's literally, literally a cyborg already.
3: already. So uh, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like how, how do you identify? Do you identify as cyborg or do you identify as full robot? It's kind of worms. Kind of worms. Right onto this Brentford game. <laughs> Same team. Why change that? Beautiful winning formula against. Why oh, indeed? Newcastle. And it was always going to be a tough game. So there wasn't going to be like a luxury of having Troy on the wing. You'd want Ramsey and McGinn and be as solid as possible. Went with the uh, Dendonka again alongside Louise, understandably so. Unfortunately, we didn't know Martinez had the shits and had to go off at uh, the 45 minute mark, which
0: was a shame because he had a bloody Which good did first. half. should change
3: things, uh, and we'll get into that. Uh, it was kind of a fifty-fifty kind of throwdown in the uh, in, in the first half, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I quite, I quite enjoyed it. It was it was an interesting battle.
3: You were kind of glad at half time. You think, well, we that could have gone either way, but uh, Brentford perhaps had the cleaner chances, and Martinez made a great save from yeah tony which uh, you know is right up there and that kept villa in the position where he thought at half time, all right yeah that save would be vital and martinez perhaps still has a uh, role to play in this game and we'd we'd
0: caused caused them a few problems hadn't we obviously you know buendera had a, had a really good effort early on McGinn had sort of gone through and had a bit of a kind of a chance he should do better with but we'd actually both sides had pretty good approach playing he thought oh this this should be a good sort of slugging yeah match I, I thought we weren't
3: fluid as we were against Newcastle but that's because I think Brentford were better prepared than Newcastle shall we say because they had the benefit yes. of seeing the, that Newcastle, Newcastle game uh, first and foremost mm-hmm. they made it harder so there was a few things going going astray you know between Buendia and Moreno and uh, it, was, it suddenly felt a little bit more like the Forest game where there was a, there was an intense was an endeavor but it wasn't as relentless as we were against uh, Newcastle just because Brentford are very, very well organized under Frank. Yeah, it just looked like they knew what to do to stop Villa. They needed to stop Moreno, marauding
4: like he did, and they needed to stop the ball going to Watkins. And it was very obvious—not half what that that's what they did. In fact, the whole game, that's what they did.
0: Yeah, they, they sat right on top of the two sort of deep line guys as well. They didn't allow Louise Dendonca to get their foot on the ball and play. This sort of Villa had to bypass midfield a little M-B- bit. Embuemo, yeah, and out on the wing, the lad on the right hand yeah, side. It's he had a really physical good game, and direct. He's lively. He's lively. Quick. They
3: got pace up front which kept us uh let's say game at the back. Yeah, and they didn't commit too many men
0: forward, they sort of picked their moments and then they all went. They they sort of went at the right time. They kind of they just got their plan right, I think, for the for the for the most part of the game, Brentford to really stifle us and they had moments where they would take the
3: pace out of the game just to allow Villa to not get any any rhythm. Yeah, they dealt with us playing out the back. I think they were changing it up yeah, so did. we wouldn't get any flow going really. Well, they'd have
0: seen the Newcastle game and they knew that if they, if they overcommitted as soon as Villa would play through the press that we'd, we would have been onto them, which we were a few times, to be fair, and we, we probably didn't get the final ball or the final shot away right, but they kind of, I think they tightened up slightly more in the you know, after the break. Um, and, you know, sort of, um, it was real, you know, backs to the ropes, wasn't it, for 20, 25 minutes in that second half? Well, probably more.
4: Yeah, well, n-
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: The second half, whenever you, you saw Olsen coming out instead of Martinez, I think the team had the yeah. same sort of effect as everybody watching this. It was mm. like, oh, oh no. <laughs> That's just what it was because all of a sudden Villa playing out from the back was completely abandoned it was gone it was as if it was were three or four seasons ago
3: and just from yeah. his you know his presence in terms of of who he is and the key part he had made in the in the game already you thought ah shit yeah. yeah I mean match club a few people said well you know we beat Spurs 2-0 away with Olsen in goal so we well, he didn't yeah. have anything to unfortunately, do unfortunately uh, he got caught out straight away didn't he did he did have things to do flat footed good lord Oof. But Sharda, dreadful a clearly I chap.
4: I was lining him up as the next Villa signing from Brentford because we need somebody <laughs>
3: in that left-hand side. And
4: he, he gave Ashley Young a third time in the first half. But after that mess, I think, mm, maybe we'll give him another season to cook.
3: Because we've seen Martinez coming out like a hare to intercept things and then suddenly he wasn't there. We, you would have got to that. Olsen hesitated, got caught flat-footed. Should have scored really, shouldn't he?
0: Yeah. Well, it's a sitter, yeah, it should be one it, at that point. They've already, they've already had a few other so chances. So you've, you've, uh, you've
3: escaped twice now, and so you're thinking, well, okay, here we go. And still, we weren't getting any traction, really. No, and then just as you had a sort of a triple
0: change ready to go, stood on the touchline, they they take the lead with Toney's Tone's put them ahead, you know, really good crossing from the right-hand side from Mbwemo. Really good ball to the back post. Young switches off, but he should still get his foot on the ball to clear it, misses it, and Tone whacks it past, past Olsen. Olsen can't do anything about it from that kind of range.
4: He could have kept his legs closed at the start. I don't know how yeah, 20 miles... Most keepers out. from that kind
0: yeah. of range are going to make themselves big, aren't they? It's just one of those things. And, he, and at that point, nobody could say that Brentford didn't deserve no, the lead at that point. At they, they'd been all over us. Villa hadn't come out in the second half, and you thought, oh, fucking hell, this, this could this could end badly. Because it was one-way one The way of Expendables
3: traffic. were actually coming on a little bit earlier than I expected, and mm-hmm. that showed you that Villa were uh, looking for something different. Yeah. It wasn't
0: working. Yeah. And then it was strange because you know that we made the changes and uh, Brentford were sort of playing well, but then it almost felt like they retreated a little bit. It was kind yeah. of weird the way the game just stopped and all of a sudden you thought oh, Villa, Villa was starting to string some passes together here. I mean, when um, when Deer was starting to get on the ball a little bit, Dinya having taken yet another whack, he seems to go down in every game he plays. But um, I thought Dinya did reasonably well. Um, the ball was sticking with Troyer on the other side, albeit he was very sort of um, unproductive. Um, and we kind of just started to very slowly grow into the game without actually ever causing too many problems. Other than there was, you know, there was the Ramsey chance where he goes through. And he, at the time, you think it all it kind of it's a bit of a sort of a snapshot. It happens very quickly, and you see the replay, and you think, oh, fucking, hell, he should score.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's a really good chance. Oh, yeah, it was was a good chance. And you're thinking, ah, oh, this is a bit a bit like the one that hit the uh, the bar against Newcastle. Yeah, the it's week like- before. Hang on a minute, you know the really if he wants to be who he th- thinks he's going to be, they should be going in, really. Yeah, they should. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit of adrenaline after
4: you know doing the hard work, making the run, mm-hmm. getting in there, and it just sits. I mean, he, he hits it too hard. I mean, it's just is, he toe pokes it over the bar. But if he did a toe pokes, generally meant to be a you know to just poke it past the keeper, not to get a full
3: whack on it. Split second of composure is missing from him at the moment, isn't it? And just in terms of that decision making, I think it's just the excitement. But I think Villa are in that. So if you do sit back, as Brentford seemed to do a little bit You just invite the Then on. Villa are actually in a in a good position now in terms of breaking teams down. They can break teams down. Back you know, you go back a couple of seasons, where well, you don't have to go back that far. We would struggle against anybody who wanted to shut up shop. We had no I yeah. no clue or no dimension about us, but now we've got the calibre of players that can break the toughest of safes. Yeah, and we,
0: we you know we stuck to that task really well for the for the equalizer. You know, it was a bit of a sort of a pinball-y type goal, wasn't it? It kind of rattled around the box a few times. Ball goes out to Dinya who whips it in. It comes to Wendie in the six-yard box, who's very, very composed. You, you know, other players would probably just take a swing at it. He just chests it down, rolls it to Louise, who side foots it into the roof of the net, yeah. which is great. You know, it's, it's a, a very different kind kind of sort of euphoria from Villa that we haven't seen too much of of late because we haven't had to. I'm a little bit of sort of smash and grab about it, really, because, frankly, we didn't deserve the goal, I wouldn't have said, but we stuck to our task really well, dug in there.
3: Pulling out the fire, I'd, I'd like to call it. Yeah, exactly. Smash and grab, for me, I think you're misusing your cliches there, but I think that, for me, Maybe. For me it's 1-0, is a smash and grab. When you've been under it, you're away from home, you've had a couple of shots, they've had it like 25 shots, and you've managed to fucking get out there and win the game. This was more like, we're yeah. in the shit here, and we pulled it out of the fire, because it wasn't a smash and grab, because we were kind of equal in the first half.
4: Yeah, and it was nearly better as well, because once Villa did get an even terms. You kind of fancied them, didn't you? They did. They looked the more likely there was more chances on their on the way. Louise fired one just past the top hand corner. Right effort that was. And then right in the dying seconds, um, Watkins managed to take one right off Wendy's
3: head, which Wendy wasn't too yeah, happy about. Kind of threw a little hissy fit and probably rightly so.
0: <laughs> I mean admittedly, you know, Brent Brentford had the ball in the net as well up for offside just after we'd equalised, which that would have been an absolute kick in the bollocks, wouldn't it, if that had if that been a onside
3: Buendia he's shown him despite his stature he's he's very astute in the air and if he had a I don't know what went wrong there I don't know if he didn't call for it. I didn't know if Watkins just buoyed on by his goal-scoring record, fancied his chance there, and decided to basically write it's mine. It's one of those where you won't know because it would have been a difficult chance for Buendia in terms of the pace it was going at, and it wasn't a foregone conclusion. So it's hard to blame anybody or uh, consider that as a golden opportunity but to, get, you know, to get out with a point, having
0: been you know second best for the large majority of that second half and had a you know, difficult afternoon. You'd say that is a, that is very much a point game. Gained, which could be important come the 28th of
3: May. And, you know, going back to that watkins stroke one dear chance if that had gone in it would have been a bit harsh on Brentford, ad- admittedly. Oh, completely, yeah. They didn't deserve to lose yeah. that game. In the end, uh, a decent point and... If I had have asked you going into uh, we would do, you know I did a bit of analysis on the the eight games left and it was points per game ratios of all the teams were about to play uh, the hardest game left was away at Manchester United because they had like something like a two point four average at home then it was Liverpool something like two point two six or something like that uh, at Anfield they've only lost lost once and then the next hard games were one point eight point per games Newcastle were. on their travels and Brentford were 1.8 at home and those were our hardest games. So we had two of those hard games back to back, Newcastle and Brentford in it. I think most fans, if you said before them, you're going to get four points from those two games you'd have said, yeah, that, that's a, that's a good haul because... Especially if you follow it up with a Fulham win, then it becomes yeah, a good week. Because normally you would go, if we get a couple of points there, Newcastle top four team, they'd won the last five games. That would have scared most people. I mean, obviously we were all going into that game going, we've got to beat Newcastle if we want to really finish in those European spots. And we did. We backed it up with a draw against Brentford, which they're still, you know, outside of... If we turn to shit, because we do have a hard run in, uh, Brentford could still nippers a little bit there so that's kept them at bay they they didn't gain anything on us and they they don't lose many at home either they're better teams than villa have gone there and not won. importantly actually staved off liverpool leapfrogging as as well they're one point behind and they've got a game in hand so that means that you know we're we, destiny is still in our own hands in that respect so all in not a yeah. not a bad uh week at the office and of course, as you say, if we beat Fulham, then that compounds uh, how good those two results are, and we can lick our chops at trips to Old Trafford and uh, Anfield uh, coming up very soon, where that will probably define where we're going to be when we play Brighton in, in the end. I would say so. Obviously, you're factoring in a uh, you know
0: difficult trip to the Molyneux. But I can see those 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 three home games being massive. You know, Obviously, Fulham, Spurs coming to Villa Park is a big opportunity to put a marker down. And Brighton on the last day, which I've said it numerous times like a broken record, I can just see it going to the last day because I don't see Villa or Brighton getting, a, getting away from each other that much. Obviously, Brighton have got games in hand and Villa have got a difficult run and et cetera. So you'd rather have the points on the board. Brighton might say, well, we'd rather have the games in hand. But I don't see either kind of really skyrocketing away from but each other. But I think
3: it'll go down uh, to that final game also uh, in terms of where we place in terms of Spurs as well. Yes, quite possibly. That game against them at ours is a big one because it will be uh, yeah. potentially winner-takes-all. I think, actually, you know, we, if we drop points at Old Trafford or Anfield, then a win against uh, Spurs will uh, certainly help uh, cover help. some of those losses. In point in terms of points, you know, of course, we could draw those games, and and that would be a loss of points. So it's intriguing, but the momentum's still there with that draw. You're not losing your unbeaten record. You respect Brentford as a team. Not many teams go there and, and walk away with a win. So all in, you take it, you move on, you pray that uh, Martinez uh, has the sense to have a few Rennie. Rennie tablets. Got it out of his system, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and uh, we, we go on to Fulham, who did uh, win recently. So uh, it's not as if they're completely They've dead. turned the corner a little bit, haven't they? They've been, on
0: a, yeah, they've been on a crappy little run of form since their FA Cup defeat at Old Trafford, obviously losing Mitrovic, but they, they've they beaten Leeds. They've won, a, they've won the last yeah. two. So they're just sort of you know flickering back into life a little bit. So that'd be a hard game, that one.
3: Let's move on to uh, Media Muppets. Uh, before we do, a uh, big shout out to uh, the new My All Men Said uh, members. Uh, thank you very much for signing up in the last week. There's uh, a couple of shows coming your way, uh, especially uh, on that from that fan advisory board meeting, just to go into more detail regarding the behind-the-scenes stuff. As a My All Men Said member, you also get access to ad-free versions of the show. So if you don't like betting ads, uh, I can't control those as the occasional uh, ad that pops up. Or if you don't like any ads more to the point, then ad-free shows are available to members. And you get access to Match Club. Thank you to everybody who joined us for the Brentford game. And Match Club uh, on match on away match days is essentially a live podcast show that everybody can get involved with. And you know, I could in this case answer questions about the uh, fan advisory board meeting and uh, give a few uh, insights, specific insights to uh, people's actual questions. So it's a great avenue to uh, directly interact and get involved, and obviously enjoy uh, the game. Game as we go along and of course you know it's always good match club when there's a run-in whether it's a relegation battle and now the upgrade to a European battle it's a lot more fun uh, to enjoy if you are A not able to go to uh, every away game for example but whether you go or not it's a, a 24-7 experience anyway that you can tap into uh, so thank you very much in the first instance to uh, Gideon Muscas Matt Wood Robert Finley Grant Little for uh, becoming new members in the last week, and also to Emma Walford for upgrading her pledge as well. So, a big thank you to you. And if you want to uh, join us, please do go to the My old Men Said website and click on the members link for details there, or on Twitter at My old Men Said. There's a little, I think it's called it like a tip link. It's a little. I think it's like a dollar bill or something. But that basically is a link to what the MyoMan said Patreon, where you can become a MyoMan said member. So if you want to access it that way, right? Medium (laughs) Muppets. Right, what's in the medium Muppet trough this week, Mister Shaw? Actually, I haven't even looked at this, so hopefully it's a good well, one.
4: I, I can't believe we're treading over old ground again, but we're we're back to Harry Maguire. <laughs> now we've,
3: we've
4: we've been here before when he was when he was spotted playing golf at the Belfry, and we went over all the reasons why no Villa fan, no Villa anyone associated the club in their right mind. Would yeah, I a bit saw I him.
3: saw randomly. You know, I didn't even know uh, the Manchester United game was on, and I you know I think I just checked Twitter. I think it was the day. That they took the blue ticks away. Now the blue tick for me, I've th- there's upside for losing that blue tick. Was I've, I've had to use old man said because somebody had my old man said, and then it's a long story. It's kind of a funny story, but it was offered to me for free, and I got it, and I was like, great. But I couldn't change old man said because you lose the blue tick, which at the time, you know, it had, it gives you better reach, and they take you more serious if 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 you have an issue, whatever, whatever. So you know, I've never bothered there's a lot of self-affirmation on twitter people needing that blue tick to make themselves feel important and you can see it You know when they lost the blue ticks they're all making comments referring to it the upside for me if, as soon as that blue tick w- was lost i could actually change the the handle to my own and said so i didn't have a problem with that so I'm di- i am digress there but uh, I, I kept seeing this message and you know, i don't want that maguire anywhere near my club and i was thinking i didn't know this you know follow this manchester united fan and i looked it's a villa fan and then there was another comment we better not be going after maguire still going after Maguire and it's like dudes, do you still think that Villa would sign Harry Maguire? I mean you're deluded. People People aren't very bright no. are they? Well this time the person that's not very bright
4: is Stuart Pierce. because his actual words were and he's, I presume he said this with a straight face he goes, I don't think he, Maguire has been awful for United. I don't. I think that's the issue. He's lost his place in the team and he's decided to go with other players when they're available that's about 10 Hag. He goes, he might need a move this summer and if I was asking Villa I was West Ham if I was Newcastle I would be all over Harry Maguire to get him out of United if he's available I really would well actually I'd be all over anything to keep him at United because it's one of the reasons that they're in third instead of like higher up in the league. I mean, just if you even look at that one match that the United played in Europe during the week, he showed he can't play out from the back. He cost him the first goal. This is what Villa now do uh, unless Olsen's playing. They play out from the back in every game. So there's one reason he's not coming to Villa. He injured one of his own players. Villa don't have that great a squad because Maguire just sat on Martial and he's trying to defend the corner and Him and him and the just combined with each other to eliminate United from a game that they were cruising in in the first leg to kick them out of Europe. So I mean, get a grip. He's n- he's not coming to Villa. No, no chance. Yeah. And he didn't
3: even have to say that because it's not going to happen anyway. Uh, media nuggets. Yes. Well,
4: with. The Arsenal's women's captain and Lioness captain Leah Williamson ruptured her ACL and it's missing the World miss Cup. It' there's man. been a, it is a big miss. There's a lot of noise about. it mean, it's, it's as if people are only starting to notice now that there's there's a problem with um, women's players and their and their ACLs going. The BBC have actually done an, it's BBC and media nuggets again. So what's going on? They've actually done a good. They've done a good piece and they've got an actual doctor to discuss this with the doctor, Ockholm Kiger and they have went into various reasons why this could be happening. It's really a combination. Of they need a complete rethink on in the women's game on the ACLs because they go into details about body differences between men and women, training loads. And the one I found interesting was the length of studs. So women's studs are the same length as men's studs. So the, the boot companies haven't decided to shorten them or change them in any way. This is despite the mechanics of a way of female runs compared to a way a male runs being completely different. So there's one bit already that I didn't know about. But the takeaway stat from the whole thing is that five out of the 20 nominees for the Ballon d'Or uh, are currently out with ACL yeah. injuries. Well, that's mad, isn't it?
3: You, you would expect the robots to start replacing the the women in the women's game before uh, they ever get into the Premier League men's version, wouldn't you? <laughs> the I men.
0: <laughs> is, uh, is it Arsenal who've got three players out of which two are like England stars? Mm-hmm. Beth Mead had it as well, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, you got three of them out with ACLs.
4: they have had three or four this season as well. I mean, it seems every team in the Women's Super League have had at least a couple.
3: Yeah, the villa on the on an aside, the villa women's team uh, after that athletics, uh, the Commonwealth, uh, they were trying to offer that Alexander Stadium to Villa to the women's Villa team because obviously Villa have got a catchment area up there. So the idea was they wanted the Villa women to train there and turn it, you know, into a proper complex. Part of the reason why that well they they say is attributed to their uh, improvement in form is they really enjoy. And the status of training at Bodymore Heath. So, the, rather than just them muff and training somewhere else, obviously most women's facilities at c- certain levels aren't that great. To train at Bodymore Heath, elite level uh, setup has re- you know has been good for their self confidence and boosted their overall demeanor. So that's why they uh, turned down that idea. And
0: it's good that you have your, you know you have all your elite development in one yeah. place.
3: As, a, as an organisation should. But anyway, that's that's just an aside. Right, uh, we don't have time for uh, Emery's clipboard uh, this week. We've got another game coming up. We're going to get something for the weekend out uh, for that game. So after the Fulham game, I think we'll... Once we've sorted out a few tech issues that have been uh, in the background over the last week, uh, we will be uh, a lot more of a fully functional, fluid setup. But, you know if you want us to be a top six podcast i think we need 15 percent more uh my old man send members (laughs) because it gets harder especially when your delete key goes on your on your laptop Make sure if you're on Twitter, you follow us at my said or follow me at my said, That is my uh, Twitter address and the whole thing's Twitter address. If you can follow the show on whatever app you are listening, uh, you will get notifications for when that Fulham, something for the midweek, will uh, drop and every show uh, subsequently, and followers. Uh, There's also a uh, Facebook group dedicated to listeners of the show, the Mad Few group. Uh, The link to that is in the show notes, so uh, do join that as well. But uh, if you can, do become a member and get more of an in-depth insight into Villa Fairs and join our community, Match Club. Right, any final uh, observations or points, gentlemen? No change for me, to be honest,
0: um, from previous weeks. Just about, just just keep this going. Strap yourselves in, enjoy the adventure and see where we end up. Yeah, that's... But it feels mega. like there's a little bit of the expectation wasn't there before. It feels like there's, there's post-Newcastle, the, the expectation is there yeah. now. People are kind of thinking, actually, we, we, we need to do this. While we have an opportunity, we actually have to get over the line.
3: Yeah, and I'm hoping... That the upshot is, and the end result is that we won't have to fanny around saying, "Oh, uh, Fulham under the lights, midweek under the lights." We can actually (laughs) say European nights again—the proper term, European nights. Bang, you're on a Thursday night. Park European nights—that's what it used to be. Not under the lights. That's when we got downgraded. That's when we were playing in the Championship. That's when we're mid-table. That's when we're battling relegation. Anytime a midweek game, it was under the lights. And a new generation, you see them on social media talking about under the lights as if it's some great thing. Used to be European nights. And hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, European nights are coming back. Until we go under the lights against Fulham, it's It's goodbye (laughs) from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye.